Hello everyone, it is yours truly, The Mass Menace, a.k.a. Arch Clearance Ken, and it is Thursday, so you know what that means. Yes, another weekly episode of the Teachable Moments podcast, and boy do we have a lot to go over, not to mention... We have a very special announcement on this week's episode, so without further ado, let's get into it, shall we? I am your host, The Mass Menace, and you are listening to the Teachable Moments Podcast. Hello everyone, it is yours truly, The Mass Menace here, aka Arch Clarence Kent, and it is Thursday, June the 9th, so You know what that means. Yes, another weekly episode of the Teachable Moments podcast. And I am here to bring you all of the happenings in the wrestling world. That's independent or big name promotions. So without further ado, let's get into it. But first, how are y'all doing on this Thursday? It's a little cloudy outside. It's a little, little gloomy but we're inside and we're having fun right so without further ado let's get into it first thing i want to cover okay people watch hell in a cell right i didn't get a chance to watch hell in a cell the peacock app that i watch it on peacock was like screwing up on me i was gonna watch it the day after it aired but it wouldn't load up right and by the time I got I was able to load it in and watch it I really didn't feel like watching it at the time so I will probably go back and watch and just check out little details of it uh but I did see pictures from from the uh I did see pictures from the event and one picture in particular which caught me did y'all see Cody Rhodes's pectoral region on his right side? Jesus, uh, that that was really bruised. I mean, really, really bruised. I mean, and I'd only seen that bruise one other time in recent memory that I can think of, and that was when Triple H. I think it's when he teamed with. Uh, Shawn Michaels to take on the Brothers of Destruction in a match which wasn't really all that great. Probably shouldn't have been booked. But if you noticed in that match that Triple H had, he had messed up his pectoral muscle. Yeah, I guess he tore his pectoral muscle and he can't continue. Which makes it even more surprising because when I saw the bruise from Hell in a Cell... The picture uh, from Hell in a Cell with Cody Rhodes' pectoral region bruised. I knew he had torn his pectoral muscle. I knew it. Because I'd seen that happen to Triple H in the past. And Triple H can't continue, but Cody did. Cody actually wrestled a whole match with Seth Rollins with a pectoral... With with his pectoral muscle tore. Which is impressive and maybe borderline stupid... Because in this business, we have, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to. I think an old team was put out there. Uh, actually, Cody said it. Uh, he said it when he was in AEW. And I guess it kind of 
and I hate bringing back to that because it makes it seem like a hypocrite. It makes Cody seem like a hypocrite. But he was told, he said he was told years ago by a mentor of his, you're always going to wrestle sore, but never wrestle injured. Okay. Well, you could tell he tore his pectoral muscle. So he was injured, yet he wrestled. <clears throat> he supposedly signed a waiver, too. But it was just his pectoral muscle that was torn. And then he wrestled a classic match with Seth Rollins, from what I'm told. I'll have to go back and watch again. I'll give my uh, viewpoint on it on the next episode of the Teachable Moments podcast. But a few days after Monday, a few days after Hell in a Cell, he took another picture of his body, of his, where the pectoral muscle was torn, and now the bruise has reached all the way down his right arm, which leads me to believe, which leads me to think, did he injure himself even more? I don't know. Uh, I don't think I would wrestle with the pectoral, with, with my pectoral muscle, muscle tore, but I'm not certain. I've never been in that case. I, I'd, I'd like to think I wouldn't put myself in that kind of a position. Because like I said, we got to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves. But supposedly it is being reported, rumored, in the wrestling world, it's like rumors, but let's go ahead and report. Uh, let's go ahead. It's being reported that Cody Rhodes could be out from anywhere to like six months. He could be out longer because he's got to have surgery on his pectoral muscle, and then he's got to heal, and then he's got to rehab and hit the gym again. So I'd say at least six months. Now, it's not unheard of. That a wrestler comes back from an injury that should have either sidelined them for a year or half a year. And they're back within like three months. It's not unheard of. But right now it's being reported that Cody Rhodes will be out for the duration of six months. Moving on to more news in the WWE. And... <clears throat> created this faction called Judgment Day, which y'all all probably already know. And I think it was about two months ago that was created. He had recruited Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. Now, I was excited to see Edge do this because, <clears throat> because Edge plays, in my opinion, pulls off a way better heel than he does a babyface. Matter of fact, I think... A lot of fans would agree, majority of us fans would agree, we like Edge better as, as a heel and not a babyface because he portrays the part so well. <clears throat> I mean, I always thought Edge played a better heel. That's just my opinion. Uh... Which is why it makes it so more confusing. Uh, so, uh, the events that happened on Raw this past Monday. Because he did... Ju uh, at Hell in a Cell this past Sunday... <clears throat> this past Sunday at Hell in a Cell... Judgment Day went up against Finn Balor. <clears throat> went up against Finn Balor. 
and whoever else he teamed with, I guess. And then Finn Balor comes up Monday on Raw and joins Judgment Day. Now, I'm not opposed to seeing a Finn Balor heel run, okay, especially on the main roster, because back in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Finn Balor created, when he was Prince Devitt, created the Bullet Club, and they worked, and the heel persona worked so well for Finn Balor there. So, it's not that Finn Balor can't pull off a heel run, because he can. Uh, it's just, he joins Judgment Day, and then they all simultaneously just turn on Edge and kick him out. And I'm like, why? Edge created Judgment Day. Why would you kick him out? out why that's what was going through my head it, and then I see an update on Twitter and whatever because I do follow Twitter I actually have a Twitter account so I'm plugged into the different things I may not watch Raw a lot but I know what happens in Raw because I follow them on Instagram I follow them on Twitter I stay in the know about this stuff because then I can talk about it on here with y'all lovely people but it turns out that WWE wanted to take the Judgment Day in a more supernatural direction right and Edge was against it he disagreed so they figured they'd kick him out and put Finn Balor in charge of the Judgment Day <clears throat> I mean, and now Edge is going to become a baby face again, and I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know what's going through WWE's head. I really don't. Uh, I would love to see Edge continue his leadership of the Judgment Day. But I don't know. Maybe we'll get to see more Demon Balor. You know, the Demon. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to see more of that. I have no idea. Uh, either way, I'll... I'll keep an eye out, keep plugged in, and I will keep y'all updated. We are going to go to a short intermission, and then we will be right back. Hello, everyone. We are back from that short intermission, and we're going to roll into the next segment. Okay. If you are a wrestling fan, of like a diehard wrestling fan, an avid wrestling fan or whatever, like, say, say you watch New Japan, let's say every promotion out there, independent, <clears throat> big name promotions, whatever, or whether you're a loyalist, like, you watch WWE and that's all you watch or you watch AEW and that's all you watch. See, I like to refer to myself as someone who watches a little bit of everything. I haven't watched as much WWE lately because it doesn't really interest me. I watch what interests me because I am first and foremost a wrestling fan. I mean, yes, I'm a wrestler, but I'm also a wrestling fan. And I dabble in all sorts of stuff. I prefer to watch more AEW because I like the product they're pumping out more than they're putting out more than I do, say, WWE's or 
impacts. I've watched impact in like forever. But whether <clears throat> whether you're a loyalist or a I watch everything underneath the sun that has to do with wrestling or you dabble like I do, then I'm pretty sure you've heard of the name MJF. Maxwell Jacob Friedman comes out <clears throat> dressed nice, dressed to the nines, <clears throat> has a scarf. He's great on the mic, but he's also a great worker in the ring, right? He's a really great worker. But recently he did a promo, right? He, he, he came out, cut a promo, and talking about... Uh, well, he cut a promo, and this type of promo we like to refer to as a pipe bomb. It was explosive. It was shocking. It made people... Pay attention. Pay attention, basically. <clears throat> well, in this promo he delivered, he talked about how uh, Tony Khan wanted to get him in private and talk contract negotiations and try to settle this beef that we had heard so much about that we didn't know if it was true or not and try to uh, try to settle this in private. Well, MJF felt that it was too late, that he had been underappreciated and he'd been taken granted for granted of, been taken grant taken for granted for too long, right? Uh, he talks about how he's the second biggest draw in all of AEW, buck for buck, pound for pound. Yet, he's not getting paid where he feels he should be getting paid. And how Tony Khan brings in these ex-WWE stars and pays them more than MJF's getting paid. Even though MJF was there from the beginning, along with the likes of Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Darby Allin, right? <clears throat> and how MJF, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin... And Jungle Boy were the four pillars of AEW. Yet, <clears throat> MJF isn't getting paid what he feels he should be getting paid. Although he did get a raise. I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up. He did get a raise. <clears throat> but MJF felt it wasn't enough. <clears throat> well, the thing that's going around that's got the camps divided is... People are wondering, is this a work or is it a shoot? Well, I, I really can't say either way, right? I mean, you want to believe it's a work. You want to believe it's a work and that Tony Khan and MJF came with this to make some, make attention grabbing TV, right? Uh, make a good TV, get people's attention. You want to believe it's a work. Because MJF is that good at what he does. He It could be a work, but him making you believe it's real. See, that's the thing. We want to believe it's a work. Because then you, if you're an AEW fan, you don't want to lose MJF because he's a hot commodity in wrestling. But then we're afraid it's a shoot. Because it could possibly be a shoot. Because 
it's not unheard of of wrestlers being unhappy with their contract and wanting out of it. It's not unheard of. And you know, WWE fans are like, oh yeah, we we want it to be a shoot because then we can grab up MJF and we can use them. And then AEW will be kicking themselves for losing a big star like MJF. I mean, we already got Cody Rhodes, who I remind you is injured. <clears throat> we already got Cody Rhodes. So yeah, we'll take MJF. So the WWE camp wants, and any other camp, is probably think, yeah, let's let it be a shoot, because then we get MJ, then we can pick up MJF. But ultimately, you still want to believe it's work, because MJF is just that good, right? Either way, here I, I'm here with an update, right? And here's the update. Supposedly, there's a edict, a backstage edict. I think I'm edict, edict. I uh, don't know how that's exactly pronounced. Either way, was handed, and, and whether it's edict or edict, it was handed down from Warner Brothers Discovery office <clears throat> to AEW, getting them to remove him from promotional stuff. The, the You know... The big bumpers, I think they call them bumpers, <clears throat> at the beginning of the shows of Rampage and Dynamite. The intros, basically, usually have MJF on them. They don't have MJF on them anymore. He's not in the intros of the show. Um, And, and to make it even more believable, we have... Uh, He's all his merch has been removed from the shop and he's been removed off of the roster. So he's not there. And AEW unfollowed him on Twitter. And, and you know, if you want to make it in today's society and world, if you want to make it any more believable and really try to drive home this all work or whatever, you unfollow one of your employees on Twitter, that's going to cause shockwaves and stirs because I guarantee you there's been Twitter fans that like, oh my God, AEW unfollowed Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And if you also notice, MJF hasn't really said anything on Twitter. He also has not been named, period. They haven't talked about him. It's like he's been forgotten. Which, if this is a work, it is like one of the best works I have seen in recent years recent I mean <clears throat> imagine MJF man I mean me personally I'd love to see him stay in AEW I don't want to see AEW lose Maxwell because the guy's a great worker great worker probably me and one of the people I work with in ACW talk on a constant basis, and we talk about how we believe MJF is one of the best heels, is probably the greatest heel in modern-day wrestling. He he pays attention to the product. He does all that stuff, and he talks, and he's he's just really good at what he does. I've also heard that he's one of the most professional people 
in wrestling. Like, he'll show up and he'll do the work and he'll keep it professional. I don't know. Uh, that's just something I've heard from people. But ultimately, what it comes down to is the ultimate question that is dividing camps into two. Is it a work or is it a shoot? And the honest thing is, I don't know. I'll keep you updated once I find out more, but I don't know any more than that. I mean, I'm hoping it's a work and whatever. But we're going to go to a short intermission and then we will be right back. Hello, everyone. We are back from that short intermission, and we're going to continue into the next segment. Now, we talked about MJF. Now, we're going to talk about Dynamite. Okay, if y'all watched Double or Nothing, then y'all know that CM Punk won the AEW world title, right? Then he, ran, then he teamed with FTR the following Wednesday. The take on, I think, Max Caster and whoever else he was teamed with. And then Rampage, he came out and said that his foot is broken. He broke his foot in the match against the match where he teamed up with FTR. He broke his foot. So he have, so he has to be out for a while. So... They announced a special tournament, right? A a battle, well, not tournament, but a battle royal at the beginning of for that would be held at the beginning of this week's dynamite, which happened last night. And then whoever would win would go on to face John Moxley in the main event of dynamite last night. And then whoever wins that would go on to Forbidden Door and then face whoever, whether it be Hiroshi Tanahashi or whoever else. I can't remember who else they named. To name, to crown the interim AEW World Champion. Interim. See, <clears throat> I have a problem with the title being named Interim because of this. What they should have done was have CM Punk come on because CM Punk was all willing Rampage last week to relinquish the title. He was going to relinquish it. But Tony Khan being Tony Khan not to have too much of an issue with Tony Khan him being, Tony Khan being Tony Khan decided to go like, I believe in you, CM Punk. So you keep the title, we're going to do an interim. Stop! An interim champion. Okay? An interim, basically. Now, here's my issue with interim. They did this stuff with the TNT title when Cody was with was with AEW, 
and he couldn't be there to defend it, they crowned an interim TNT champion in Sammy Guevara after he beat Dustin. And then he went on and defended that title against Cody Rhodes and then became crowned actual AEW champion. See, listen to that. Uh, TNT champion, my bad. Actual TNT champion. Now listen to those words. He got crowned interim and then went on and faced Cody when Cody could come back to decide who the true TNT champion was. Those words right there. In my opinion, naming someone interim champion is by saying is like saying you're not good enough to be the world champion, so you're just going to be a placeholder until the guy who won the title, who can't defend the title, is back, and then you'll face him. And if he wins, he proves that he's a real champion. Well, you you're now telling these people that they're fake champions. That's what it comes off like to me that's how it comes off to me basically so you're telling me john moxley's gonna now go to forbidden door because he won last night and wrestle whether it be hiroshi tanahashi or the whoever else they named and you know john moxley's gonna win because oh why are you gonna give the title to somebody else right Basically, you're basically going to have John Moxley go there and then some great wrestler because New Japan Pro Wrestling has New Japan has some great wrestlers like Hiroshi Tanahashi, which Tony Schiavone last week or last week basically compared him to a modern day like Sting for New Japan. He is the equivalent to New Japan. He is the equivalent to New Japan, what Sting was to WCW. That's how big Hiroshi Tanahashi is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't even need to list his accolades. Okay? That's how good, that's how big Hiroshi Tanahashi is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you're basically going to have him, and, and that's not saying that John Moxley couldn't work anybody, but basically what you're telling Hiroshi Tanahashi is, Hiroshi Tanahashi is that he's not good enough to be AEW world champion. That's basically what you're going to tell him because although it's going to be a great match, great match, but either way it goes, if Hiroshi does win, he's not the real champion because CM Punk's the real champion. Even Wardlow uh, drove that point home when he said, I didn't want to do the battle royal because CM Punk is the true champion and i don't want to go after it unless it's against the true champion okay that you, you basically drove that point home with that and that's what ticks me off about that is because now you said that these guys are fake champions they're not the true champion they're just a placeholder until your true champion cm punk comes back now i don't have anything wrong with cm punk but they should have let him vacate that title. That is my opinion. Now, on other news regarding AEW, they recently revealed a new title. Yet again, AEW has a new title. Uh, although it's, it's a great looking title. It's the All-Atlantic Championship, if I'm correct. <clears throat> 
the All-Atlantic Championship. And basically, they're having a tournament, and they're going to crown the All-Atlantic Champion at Forbidden Door. They had, uh, last night they had Pac, who represented England, versus Buddy Matthews, who represented, I think it was Australia, if I'm correct. I think I can't remember. You also have Malachi Black in it, and he—I guess he's gonna be doing it next Wednesday. I don't know. And we got a qualifying match in New Japan Pro Wrestling that's happening. Uh, basically, what it's gonna come down to is that Forbidden Door. There's gonna be a four-way match. That's gonna be interesting to see. Four-way match to crown the All-Atlantic Champion. I will be paying close attention to that. Should be interesting. Should be. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what AEW's doing with this interim stuff. I mean, it's ridiculous. It shouldn't be done. If the champion cannot defend his title, he should have to vacate it. I get it. Tony Khan's looking at it from a fan's perspective. I get it. I'm a fan of wrestling, too, just like him. But there's times when you got to stop looking at it from a fan's perspective and look at it from a business perspective. You should have let CM Punk vacate the title. You should have let him vacate it. Because then you'd have the Royal Rumble, right? And then <clears throat> they'd go on to face John Moxley who was number one contender, which also, if you ask me, Anthony Gogo was also number one contender, but how that works, I don't know. Anthony Gogo, I don't think, gets enough credit where credit's due. The guy's undefeated. He should have been number one contender. I don't know. That's my opinion. I like John Moxley, but, you know, you can't have two number one contenders. Uh, but point being, he should have vacated. He let him vacate it. Because now we have this thing where people are going to start thinking that he's coming off as saying, y'all aren't the true champions because CM Punk is. You're only a placeholder until CM Punk gets back. That's not good for your company when you look at it that way. I'm just saying. I don't know what, I don't know what it takes to run a wrestling company. I don't, I'm not even going to begin to say I do. I'm just saying it doesn't come off looking good in my opinion. I'm just saying. There shouldn't be an interim. We're going to go to a short intermission and then we will be right back. Hello everyone, we are back from that short intermission and we are going to go into the next segment, shall we? Okay, another big thing happening in the wrestling world as of late is to talk about Ric Flair at 73 years old coming back to wrestle one more match. And there's, once again, it's got people divided, right? I mean, there's people who's saying that it's not a good thing he could die in the ring. Then there's those going like, well, you know, he's... Um, he's his own person. He's going to do what he wants. Let him choose to do what he wants to do. It's not hurting anyone. It, it's... I've made myself vocal over a previous... Uh, on a previous episode that I did uh, about 
how I think this could be a bad thing. And how I actually watched the movie The Wrestler and they may have not shown Mickey Rourke's character dying, but when we're into slow motion as he jumps off the top turnbuckle and it pans away, it's kind of like signifying this guy probably, you know, he died in the ring because doctors told him that he shouldn't be doing this. We've had speculation on who his uh, opponent could be in his mist this mystery opponent. Um, how it's going to be a tag team match, and it's going to be Ric Flair and FTR versus Rock and Roll Express, and a partner of theirs, of theirs, a mystery partner. And at first, it was reported it was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and then Ricky Dragon Steamboat. After a week of thinking it through, decided it's probably not best if I get into the ring, you know, because. It's not best to get into the ring because I can't be the person that they'd expect me to be. I can't be the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat they expect me to be. And and I totally get that and I respect that decision. Although Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is in great physical conditioning. Great physical condition. He probably has health issues himself. He hasn't had really major health issues because... Like Ric Flair has, because Ric Flair basically, you know, he was on the brink of death. Not even, I don't even think it was five years ago. He was on the brink of death. And he survived. By the grace of God, he survived. And now... With I think he's got a pacemaker in his heart, and he's doing all of this stuff. It just doesn't come off as smart. I mean, there's been there's been speculation on who his opponent could be, whether it be Hulk Hogan. And trust me, Hulk Hogan doesn't need to be getting in the ring either. Not with all the litany of surgeries he ha he's had on his knees and his uh, back. Let me go ahead and explain something to anyone who who is not a wrestler who may be a fan and I know certain wrestlers probably may listen to this and they may agree with me or they may not but one thing I think they can agree with me on is this we get into this business and we do it we we get in there we get thrown around we get suplexed we get clotheslined and nobody gets out of this business without paying a price. Nobody. Nobody gets out unscathed. Because we're getting suplexed and clotheslined and we're getting thrown off the top turnbuckle and uh, people suicide diving us and uh, doing a suicide dive onto us and through the middle ropes and doing all that stuff. And it's very taxing on the body. Now, I am not going to be one to sway someone Away, sway someone away from their dream. If their dream was is to be a pro wrestler, hey, more power to you. I'm just trying to bring forth and valid points on why Ric Flair shouldn't be coming back to the ring at 73 years old. I don't know. Me, I would much rather watch a Ric Flair match from the 80s. Heck, 
I'd take the 90s. I'd even take Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, where Ric Flair had his retirement match, his first retirement match. This guy's this guy had a retirement match against Ric Flair. Then he had a retirement match against Sting and Impact. And now he's having another retirement match. God, how many retirement matches do you need? This business is so taxing. You, you you get dropped onto the mat. You get slammed. And trust me, it's not a trampoline. Whether people want to go and say, hey, it's just like bouncing off a trampoline. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not like bouncing off of a trampoline. That ring is made of steel and wood and a mat. That's it. Okay, that's it. The, the, this business is so taxing on superstars' bodies. I mean, look at what happened with British Bulldog. He he got messed up and he got hooked on painkillers and he was in so much pain and he he OD'd on the painkillers and he died. I mean. Look at uh look at Eddie Guerrero, look at look at Crispin Law even. Look at look at all the chair shots Crispin Law took to the head. Look what it did to him. Okay. Ric Flair is one of the lucky ones to make it to seventy three in this business because we are taught because we know that this business may cut our life expectancy down because Later in life, you're in pain. Nobody gets out of this business without paying a price, like I said before. Okay? The fact that Ric Flair is 73 and can walk upright. Can walk upright. And move around without a cane or a wheelchair is great. That, that's awesome. And now he's going to go into the ring at 73 and risk all that. Tri uh, Hulk Hogan... Hulk Hogan, from what I've heard at times, has to use a cane to stand upright. This business is a business that we love, but it's very taxing. And I don't know. I was watching the uh, I was watching the uh, training video he did where he actually got thrown off the top turnbuckle at 73 years old by Jay Lethal, and he laid there for a bit. And I'm like, oh my god, this is it. This is what I was worried about. Oh my god. And then he gets it up and he laughs it off. Well, he's lucky. He he's lucky at seventy three years old that getting thrown off that top turnbuckle and training didn't cause him to break a hip. Now, and the fact he hasn't done it in years is another thing added to it. I don't know who his mystery opponent is. And then now we got we got Zach uh, Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zach Ryder. Saying how he believes Ric Flair's uh, retirement match should be against him for the NWA world title. No, no. I mean, I like Matt Cardona, and I and and I like watching Ric Flair wrestle. But no, just dude. okay. Could this match end up being a good match? Yeah, yeah, it could because we got FTR in there, probably the best tag team in wrestling today they're in that match you got the rock and roll express and i get it they're in their 60s how they're still doing this i have no idea uh 
And whoever, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that whoever teams with Rock and Roll Express is a young guy. But Ric Flair's already stayed. He's going to go full throttle. He's not going to take it easy, okay? Which scares me because I still keep flashing back to the wrestler movie with Mickey Rourke and how the outcome was kind of ambiguous or left to your own opinion, but you basically knew that he probably died. Came to the conclusion that he probably died. And the dot and now there's update that forty doctors have cleared Ric Flair to wrestle. Really? With a pacemaker in his chest? Really? You've cleared him. Forty doctors have cleared him to wrestle. I don't know. I don't know. I just hope nothing goes bad. I just hope nothing goes bad. We're going to go to a short intermission and then we will be back. Hello, everyone. We are back from that short intermission. And we're going to roll into the next segment. In this segment, we got some updates. Updates pertaining to ACW. ACW is coming off of their, I'd have to say, most successful event they've ever done. This one's for the kids where we teamed with the Boys and Girls Club and we raked in $2,075. All proceeds went to the Boys and Girls Club. I'd have to say that's a major success. $2,075 raised for the Boys and Girls Club. The kids loved the show. I think the adults loved the show. It was a success, hands down. Hands down, a success. I was honored to be a part of it. I was glad I was there. We put on a show for a good cause. Always a good thing. Now, some rundown, a rundown of some of the matches. We had Natural Born Player defending his Mid-Atlantic title in the main event against Redneck Rebel. And Natural Born Player retained his title. So congratulations, and I got to congratulate. I have to congratulate Redneck Rebel on a hard-fought match. He may have came up short, but it was a great match. Great match. We had Kraken versus the Mime. That ended with a double countout. They both got knocked out. It wasn't a loss. It wasn't a win, but it also wasn't a loss. So there's that. Faustin uh, Fury. Faustin Fury debuted his, his segment called A Few with the Fury. A Few with the Fury. And he got, he tried to get the mind to talk. <laughs> he really did. He tried to put up a valiant effort of getting the mind to talk, and he got his butt handed to him by the mind. Yeah. So, that didn't really go the way the Fury had hoped. Now, Gunner was in a match against Trey Chaos. He fought Trey Chaos at the event. And Gunner ended up winning. So congratulations, Gunner. Congratulations on 
your victory. Nah. Venom returned to the boys uh, returned on the to the event at the boys that we put on for the boys and girls club. He came he showed up. He showed up and saying that he was going to have to have surgery. And that he really wasn't supposed to be there, but he showed up anyways because the kids deserved to know he wanted to do it for the kids. And then, I mean, he had everybody. He did. He had everybody convinced. And then later, Cynic's match came around, and he had a mystery opponent. And who is it? None other than Venom. The guy swerved people. He swerved people. What? I even had me convinced. What? But Venom did lose, so there's that. Venom lost. And then I faced Mike Levy, the best around. I faced Mike Levy and I came up short. I am no longer the television champion. I said I was going to do everything I could to keep the title out of the hands of the Mafia, and I came up short. So I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. I won't do it. But I did say Mike Levy was going to have to earn. I did say Mike Levy was going to have to earn the right to be television champion he was gonna have to earn the right to call himself television champion and that and that meant fighting me that's exactly what he did he earned the right he won television he won the television championship and now he's the tv champion of acw yeah that's a good majority of the event uh, a quick rundown we had some new stars show up ACW's picking up some new stars, so that's good. We're growing, and that's always a good thing. Growing is always a good thing. So now, where do we go? Where do we go from that event? Where do we go now? Well, I can officially tell you that July the 9th, ACW's Fan Fest, ACW's Fan Fest will be returning to Vail, North Carolina at Extreme Fitness. So you get to come out. Uh, I think meet and greet is from 530 to 6.30. And then we're going to have the wrestling matches. Come out. Meet some of your favorite stars. Excuse me. Get your picture took with them. Get an autograph. Get it signed. Get Get one of their promo pictures. Have them sign it. Get an autograph from your get an autograph from your favorite wrestler. Now, special announcement. I said there was going to be a special announcement, and here it is. This year's Fan Fest, we're doing something a little different, and that is this. We are doing awards. We have categories set up and we're doing awards. For the show. And you, yes, you, the fans, get to vote. Right now we have two categories. From last time I checked, we only have two categories right now. I think there's supposed to be four. We have two categories. 
we have Feud of the Year. Now, the nominations for Feud of the Year is this. Mike Levy versus Corey Edsel. Kraken versus The Masked Menace. And we have Venom versus Bradshaw. Now, the rivalries, the feuds go from 2021, last year, to now. So, you can go to Facebook, vote for that. Uh, the page is Bradshaw Promotions. Go there and vote for who you want to win Feud of the Year. Next, we have Rising Star. We have... We have Gunner Rose from the Young Rebellion. We have Cynic. Yeah, we have Cynic. We have Jamie Ross from the Young Rebellion. And we also have yours truly, The Masked Menace. So right now, those are the only two categories. Like I said, go to the fa go to Facebook, go on to Bradshaw Promotions, and vote for who you'd like to see either win Rising Star or Feud of the Year. And we have two more categories coming up. I will keep you informed about those categories, and I think we're also doing a Fan of the Year, a special thing where we where we honor the most dedicated fan of ACW. So yeah, yeah. The fan fest is gonna be big. Now I don't know what my match is. I don't know if I've got a match scheduled for that, but I am going to be there. You can come out, get your picture took with me, hang out with me. I'll talk with you. I'll get my picture took with you. You can. I'll have merchandise. I'll have promo pictures. You come out. I'll sign them. Come out. Have a good time. Tickets are $4 for adults and kids 10 and under get in for $2. So you're ultimately paying $6. Can't beat that. Can't beat that deal whatsoever. I hear we got more matches going to be. We got matches that's going to be announced for Fan Fest in the coming weeks. And we got those other categories that fans get to vote on being announced in the coming weeks. I will keep you updated every week about the Fan Fest. So stay tuned, and I will keep you updated. I'll have it on my Twitter. I'll have it on my Facebook, Instagram, and even here on the podcast. We are going to go for a short intermission, and then we will be right back. Hello everyone, we are back from that short intermission. Now we go to the segment that this whole show is built around, and that is the teachable moment. I've said before, sometimes I have difficulties coming up with teachable moments, and then sometimes people just make it really, really easy. And I'm telling you, I saw a video that made it really, really easy easy there's this big guy he'd have to be somewhat a little heavy set I don't want to be rude he's somewhat heavy set and he has like long hair 
and I'm watching this video, and he's pouring stuff in his hair, and I'm like, what is that he's pouring in his hair? He's trying to get his hair to stick out into like a mohawk, I guess. Uh, and then come to find out, he's taking Gorilla Glue and pouring it all in his hair. They're trying to get it to, I guess, harden and stick up into a mohawk. And his, and he's like, my scalp is burning. My, my, why is my scalp burning? The, the, the internet says that this is safe and that you can do it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, did, did he just say that? Really? He, he, he literally said the internet said it would be safe. He read on the internet that it would be safe for him to put Gorilla Glue in his hair to get it to stick up in a mohawk. Okay, one, your scalp is burning. Okay, and the point is your scalp is burning. You're still pouring more into your hair. And then you find out your hair is falling out. Okay. <laughs> How am I going to approach this? Well, one, me, I would never put Gorilla Glue in my hair. Because it's not safe to put it in your hair. There's chemicals in the Gorilla Glue that's going to cause your hair, your scalp to burn. So it's going to hurt. It's going to cause your hair to fall out because it's burning away your hair follicles. Right? That's what I take from the fact that his scalp is he was burning. Second, big mistake. You, The internet told you that it was safe. You read that the internet said it was safe to put Gorilla Glue in your hair. Mm, okay. Here's a teachable moment. Um, kids, if there are any kids listening or adults that were never taught this when they were kids, just because the internet tells you something is safe or that you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Do not go believing everything the internet tells you. Always take things with a grain of salt. One, we were told from the beginning, glue will glue our fingers together, right? Uh, but some person stuck their fingers together. They're like, oh my God, why won't my fingers come unstuck? Because you glued them together. We're told not to eat glue. I don't know why we'd have to be told that. I mean, it's pretty evident if it, if it's something that causes something to stick to paper or anything else, you probably shouldn't eat it. And so we're told not to eat glue. We're told to be careful around glue because it is sticky and it will glue our fingers to one another. Why would you put glue in your hair? At that, not even regular glue, Gorilla Glue really strong glue I don't know I don't know just kids remember don't believe everything the internet tells you okay don't use your brain please don't believe everything the internet tells you
We're going to go to a short intermission. We will be back. Well, we have come to the end of another episode of the Teachable Moments podcast. I'm your host, the Mass Menace, as always, and I think this week we had a very informative episode. Right? We talked about Cody Rhodes' injury. We talked about Dynamite and the interim AEW World Championship. We even had updates on ACW and how FanFest is literally on July the 9th. I am looking forward to it. And we also had that special announcement about the awards that are being given out on FanFest. Well, as always, you know, if you want to find me and keep up to date with the goings on in my life and with this podcast, you can find me on Instagram at the.maskedmenace.com. On Twitter, it's at Kent underscore Arch. And Facebook, it's always Arch Clarence Kent. Now, we will be back again next week. Same time, same schedule, with more news on the wrestling world. But until then, I'm the Mass Menace, and I'm out. <laughs>